conversation with substance inclusive with hosts just like you well we have you covered welcome to the music challenge podcast sit back and relax i'm andrew with jake kevin and rob and we're sharing our favorite top shelf albums come for the music and stay for the conversation and welcome to the music challenge podcast my name is andrew and we're coming at you tonight from the studios in uh, downtown chicago I uh, hope we're enjoying it. You hope you're enjoying it along with our international audience. Uh, tonight we're checking out Check Your Head, the classic by the Beastie Boys. Uh, you're not going to always miss, miss that conversation or the music. And let's get around to introducing our crew. Uh, Jed, how are you doing? Hi, guys. I'm doing good. Um, yeah, middle, it's getting yeah. kind of hey, late hey. here in the summer. What are you up to? It is getting late in the summer. I'm. Uh, we waited till our kids were back to school and jumped immediately into a, like a giant master bathroom renovation, like in our nice. bedroom. So it's uh, mm. yeah, it's kind of a monstrous. Chaos, right? It's chaos, and yeah, yeah, sleep is weird, and uh, mm-hmm. you know all disruption that disruption of the patterns. But, yeah, and um, yeah, but like everything's going good with it, and we're excited. And you have the crystals planned out yet for the bathroom? Uh, we don't have the crystals, like the giant corner caves of crystals will be installed once my wife has a clean surface to put them on and they've been left in moonlight on the right oh proper night of the uh month etc okay and uh yeah that's the whole jam with her and that stuff that sounds like a cool fucking jam i'll try yeah, anything it's a pretty cool jam yeah yeah you told I me carry- she had a crystal budget one time i mean i i carry rocks in my pocket like oh, fairly well. often. Like, mm. full I mean, of kryptonite, if you will. As, as long as you have something to focus, uh, like to focus your good energy it. on, I think that it can only do good things for you. That's where I'm at with it. I'm not wow. sure if they are feeding me or if I thinking that feeding these them. things in my pocket are helping me uh, sure. is, is the thing that's actually helping me, but. Well, no, it's good. Being energy, open to the possibility. Counts. Energy is weird. And that, I mean, that brings me to uh, a really, really positive energy in my life, which is um, someone who at the age of 85 passed away uh, yesterday. Was it yesterday, Kevin, or the day before? I can't remember. Days have been. No, yeah, the days are all mashed maybe together. It was, it was, I think it was, it was yesterday. It was like the, you know, at least announced 29th. yesterday, right? Announced yesterday. Um, but Lee Scratch Perry, kind of the godfather of dub reggae, something that I like meditate to introduce me to really regularly. Uh, it's circulates on my 
on my listening often in a very, very meditative way. Um, and that's, so that's a great loss for me. I was really, really sad. And a few other people, like only a handful of people I know, but were like very touched by that news. Um, but yeah, he like literally invented dub reggae and was like one of the early kind of reggae godfathers in production of like, like uh, time, time wise, when did he, when Incl- did he, did he do that? Late sixties, uh, right? Yeah, sixties to seventies. So, like, there's argument that he maybe he, he was like the inventor of reggae, and I think and that that's, rap even like he he kind of coaxed rap out of he coaxed he definitely coaxed some rap rap out of yeah out of the reggae scene and like yeah you know had, and just continued like on into his like later life like constantly challenging himself like he quit drinking he quit smoking weed like because he wanted to to like see if it was that or if it was his own brain that was coming up with this stuff he worked with the beastie boys he worked with the whalers bob marley early Marley, congos like all these guys max romeo i mean classics legends of of reggae and so uh yeah if you have never listened to him give lee scratch perry a feel and see uh, uh, see where it leads you. Rob, what's up? What's been up with you, man? Um, again, like summer coming to a close. Um, went on one of my annual trips with some buddies. And like when I say trip, I mean I went somewhere, but I also went somewhere on Saturday, and it was fucking awesome. Um, and then on my way home Sunday, early afternoon, Kevin, who among other things musically is kind of a guide for me, and he sent that, and then a couple other friends sent the fact that Lee Scratch Perry passed, and then Jed had not seen Kevin's text because we have a thread going and he sent it as well and then realized <laughs> Kevin sent it it's tough it's tough to freaking to stump Kevin it's I mean the dude is on top of all that and it's it's shocking how quickly I'll hear it from from Kevin and then I'll hear it on XRT like 20 minutes later I'm like, what? <laughs> are you kidding me uh, anyways so I did that all the Saturday. notifications exactly <laughs> I, I did that on Saturday hung out with some great friends and didn't get much sleep and uh, and then came back Sunday and to a broken AC unit so that was no fun oh no I, I'm recovering from Where basically a, a night of partying and I'm sitting in like a 90 degree hot house it has been a off rough life. week yeah oh yeah really so has. Um, yeah. And, you know, kids are back in school. Um, we finally broke this freaking heat wave. I'm thinking it's dropping. Oh yeah. Thank freaking Buddha. Um, mask mandate again indoors, but whatever. I'm vaxxed. We're all vaxxed. Um, please don't cancel our music. I have to see that flipping acid dad and Frankie and the witch finger show. I have got to. Right on. When is that? Um, October second week in October, I think, isn't that a Sunday, Kev? I can't remember the exact date. I want to say it's a yeah, it's like the tenth or the eleventh. It's the Monday of that like 
Columbus Day weekend. It's the gotcha. Monday. Is it Monday it's the or holiday. Sunday? It's the Monday. So I think okay. I'm going to take that Tuesday off. Yeah. But fuck yeah. yeah. Me too. Yeah. Thanks for that. Yeah. Um, and, and then one of the buddies I was with on Saturday is into this band called Oozing Wound. And it sounds awful. But they are also playing at the Empty Bottle um, in October. And he bought tickets in front of me and said, you're freaking going. So I got two rolling there and then god i swear there was another one i swear there was and at the empty bottle even but maybe not anyways i'm going to try to get as much of that as i can afford and fit in yeah you got to stuff so, it in while while we can in sure. october seems to be and kevin you might know the reason behind this i think it has something to do with lala being here and there's block blocks of time that artists can't play within a hundred mile radius of Lala, some fucking stupid. So this music festival, I hate fucks up our music scene even more, but it I really think it's does. something like that. It's like some contractual bullshit. And then they whatever. crash Chicago when the, right. when, when, the, the when, it, when it expires. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. The club scene's dead during Lala, except for the after shows and the local acts. Um, and the fact that there's local, no one wants to compete with that. Well, right. They should. There's enough local (laughs) acts to sustain these clubs. There truly are in a lot of ways. Um, but the, the national acts coming through is clearly the cherry on top and nobody skips us. So it's like, we get everything here. That's Mm -hmm. the beauty of it. Right. Right. So, and, and I didn't do this, but, um, Kevin, what you've been up to buddy? Um, well, you know, the kids are back at school, but I got a couple of fun things in. I took them to Cedar Point, the roller coaster. Nice. Yes. Yeah. And the so I've always basically wanted to go. that, that, uh, the beast is at King's Island. The beast is at King's Island. That's right. I always so mix those that's up. That's that old school wooden one, but basically, um, so we didn't take the kids on the, like the hardcore Roller right. coaster, but Jen and I rode it, which is the Millennium Force. It's it's like the best steel roller coaster in the world. It's a 310 foot drop. Wow. Oh, it goes amazing. 93 miles an hour. Oh it's my God. That's fucking, awesome. I yeah, have to go on that. It's yeah. like, so, so I have a fear of heights, which is cool. Um, and I just, Yay. I ride with it, right? Like Good going work. on roller yeah, coasters dude. is the yes. ultimate lean in. Right. So I just like, I close my eyes on the way up. And then as I'm like getting, I, as I'm going up, I look once to see kind of where I'm at. And then once I'm up, I open my eyes and then it's on. Like, I just kind of don't like the tension of going up, but it was 310 feet. It went 93 miles an hour and it's a steel roller coaster. So you do, your shoulders aren't even harnessed. It's literally just a lap thing. You're in a car. <laughs> Wait, I shit you amazing. not. And you go all the way down. And it's so like the adrenaline was, um, it was like, it was life affirming. I mean, it yeah. was so fun. And then we took the kids on, um, we we push them to their outer limits basically as well as, as fast and as high of a roller coaster as you thought they could handle and well 
we took them on that. He only went on it once, all four of us, and it was one mm-hmm. called the Gatekeeper, which went up Ooh, like I probably. Like that name. Yeah, it kind of yeah, it's got good. the it's got the cars on the side, and it twists and turns and goes right. through these keyholes and oh, goes yeah. like does upside it do the down. underground underground dip like the demon does, where it goes it, into the tunnel underground. Oh, so, yeah, I forgot about that. So that basically, awesome. instead of going up and straight down, this one goes up and then into a downward loop right away. Nice. It, yeah, and so it gives you the feeling like you're actually flying so the kids were doing these by themselves by the end of it not these hardcore rides but like the next level down they were able to ride them by themselves no problem it was a blast and so i i think i got little adrenaline junkies on my hands but it was to me it's the way to be um like for me, it was kind of an exercise in parenting because first of all, like I'm young enough to still be able to do it. I don't know how long I'm going to be able to. So it's just like, it, it, as long as my body can physically handle this, like I'm on it, I'm taking them and I'm going for it. And I was, my body was able to handle it because we did it two days in a row. And I thought, I felt like the next day I wasn't going to be able to but I was okay after that first day and we rode them. It was fantastic. Nice. And then, yeah. So we should all jump I, out of a plane together. Yes. So I, yeah, I'm not afraid. Um, <laughs> I, I want to maybe go up to six flags before the end of the year too, and see if any of those things can go. So yeah, it was fun. And then I also got to see Wilco this past weekend. Yes. Um, cool. Seeing that was fantastic quickly rap like because we're we're eating time away but like how was it like was i mean it- it's a wilco show i right I, like it you know they do what they do every single time and they're sure. fucking so good at it um yeah. all of those songs and then like it's the best outdoor venue in the area it's amazing you um and they just they sound great the speakers are over your head it was yeah. fucking awesome yeah i want my cool. favorite i think my favorite wilco show real quick was one at Pritzker right after Ghost is Born and they played the record. And like, I swear to God, everybody I knew was there. And that was when it clicked with me. I was like, my God, these guys are great. Um, we'll talk and, about them later in the season though, man. Don't give it all away now. Promise. And my, yeah. and my last show, <laughs> my last show before COVID was also, was also oh, the Chicago. Nice. Theater. Nice. So how you all been, right. Andrew? Oh, I've been fine. Fine. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> L-I-V-I-N <laughs> Living. L-I-V-I-N um, Let's see uh, where I took my kids to go see their grandparents this weekend um, Nice Champagne Yep, down in Champagne I'm going right back on. this weekend to go see a football game actually Nice College, right college football It's a night game They did Where are they playing? Nebraska, Can I ask? Right? Uh, University of Tennessee or Texas San Antonio. Okay, okay so which, they got a chance to win in that one. Yeah, they have a chance. They did beat Nebraska this last week. Right, so. pretty handily too. Right. Uh, well, good enough. They tried to give it away. I think yeah. the four of us and seven dudes from the bus station could give Nebraska some fits. Uh, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So you need one bench player. But I don't know. That's about it. Kevin, I think you uh, brought us an album tonight. Uh, yes, to, I did. Why don't yes. you tell us about it? So the album I brought is um, what's now amounts to a 30-year-old album, which just kind of Jeez, blows my, my freaking mind. It's uh, Check Your Head by the Beastie Boys. And this was the album, in their words, uh, not mine, that changed everything. Um, you know, and it did. 
when I think about it, this album was, was incredibly in retrospect important to me because I think it, it, it both opened my mind up musically at the time in ways I didn't really know of and attracted me to sounds. I wasn't certain I was attracted to, I think as well, you know, and when I think about the other albums that I was listening to at the time, um, I had this list of albums and you all are, probably especially you Rob will be nodding your head it was this was kind of this was like the summer of 92 so for me it was um after my freshman year in college just completed it going into my sophomore year so I was king shit right you know I'm the sophomore in college you know sophomore is a wise fool right totally so (laughs) I was listening to like 10 and never mind bad motor finger Uh, Ritual, De Lo Habitual, uh, Core, uh, Rage Against the Machine. You are um, talking my language, fella. Right? Like, that was kind of what I was cutting my teeth on sure. at the time, right? Um, before I discovered Jam was the moment. Yeah, and this one, though, this one was kind of different than all of them. You know, and... Uh, sure. Um, I also had a lot of rap albums, so, like... We'll talk about that later, but like Public Enemy and Ice Cube and Ice T and right. Body right. Count and all that other stuff. Right. Vanilla Ice. I had, I had, <laughs> no, Vanilla I had some, Ice and MC geez. Hammer were verboten. Yeah, I had some Boogie Down Productions in mind, but similar hip hop albums. I'm not gonna lie, I bought a used copy of MC Hammer. <laughs> oh, 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 oh! Can't touch this. He's a great yeah. follow. He's a great yeah. follow on Twitter, by the way. Yeah. Digital Underground. They were. Oh, awesome. I love awesome. Digital Underground. Right? Hell yeah. yeah. The Humpty Dance, one of the. Cypress Hill in there. Did you have any of that mix? Yes, indeed. DJ Muggs is a legend. Yes. That was almost like a bridge for me, too, between like. Some of that like heavier rap um, that I got into a little later, but that was almost Beastie Boys, Cypress Hill, and then yeah. that. You know, well, if you know, just as a like, as not really an aside, is kind of a central part of this. Now that you mentioned Cypress Hill, Cypress Hill, the well, the Rollins band headlined oh, Cypress Hill God. and the Beastie Boys oh, all yeah. toured together what on this a album. Fucking tour, I think right. I so if you think about that. that yeah. So yeah, I all three of those bands, the Rollins band, basically, but like, so this was the collection. And so when I look back at all of those albums that I just listed some heavy hitters, you know, um, none of them stuck with me like this one. I will right. throw this album on to this day. No questions asked the other ones. Not so much. You know, I, I feel like in a lot of ways, I, you know, my, Tastes have kind of moved on musically, but this album to yeah. me has stuck. And specifically this sound, for whatever reason, this crazy ass um, confluence of circumstances that caused them to create their own music like this at this time, for me, resulted in absolute brilliance. I don't know, just overall as a statement. And that's why I chose this. I don't know. Do you Excellent. guys have some overall opinions? I got this the day it came out. And uh, 
pretty much went home and stared at my stereo for two hours while I played it back and forth. Um, yeah, I mean, I was on the Paul's Boutique. That was a favorite of mine. But this was uh, three years later and definitely just different. And, totally. uh, um, you know, they, they they had released little stuff in the middle there. Kind of, they released this little punk album that from their early stuff. Sure. And, uh, but that didn't really go very far. I'm sure it's around somewhere, but you can't find it on Apple. Um, as well, I saw... Uh, a concert at the Riviera for Check Your Head. It didn't involve all wow. those other guys. Um, but but I just, still. I was just walking past a record store one day, and they are like, what tickets they had available in the window? And one was Beastie Boys. And I just walked in there, and I was like, I'll take four. I don't give a fuck where it is. Or how <laughs> right. Got four, then walked into you know, where I lived and just slapped him on the table. It's like, who's in? And, uh, one of my, everybody. Yeah. (laughs) One of my amazingly good moments as a, uh, (laughs) you own that place for that that five minutes. (laughs) It's so you were saying you walked past that record store and saw that was, so you were in from day one, Drew. Okay. What about you? Yeah. Um, again, it was, it was like my freshman year, college i was in maui and my brother was with me um and he was he had just graduated law school and my parents sent him to live with me in maui for like a month and a half as he was studying for the bar exam so i would drive to class early in the morning all my classes were pretty early and we were on the beach by noon no shit dude it was awesome um and I had my big brother there in like, it was a time that we super connected and we didn't really have a choice. It was just me and him in a condo, but it was fucking awesome. And um, I would drive the class. He would ride with me. He'd go to the library and study. And then he'd come to my car after my classes were over and we'd drive back and go to the beach and we'd listen to music. And of course it was current stuff. I had a girlfriend in Kentucky, as crazy as that sounds, but you know, whatever. We did what we wanted to when we were that far away. Um, but she used to send me mixtapes and some of this was on it, but I had gone to the record store in Maui and bought this. And my brother had kind of written them off, right? And he, t- he told me this story recently before I even mentioned that I was doing this record. And he said, I had kind of written the Beastie Boys off and then you play check your head for me and I heard what you want. Right. And I, I was like, Holy shit, this is awesome. And like my whole thing was I was into all that same music that Kevin was listening to. Like that was my jam, throw smashing pumpkins in there. And yep. you know, he mentioned Rollins band end of silence was in my, in that spin too. I love that fucking record. And, um, It was like, it was, they did, like Kevin said, it was like a sea change from what they had done. And they had the funkiness and like grittiness, um, but it had some edge to it. Like it was dark in spots and like it was hanging with the quote unquote alternative grunge shit that it was competing against to the point that they toured with fucking Rollins band. Right. And I'm not saying that's grunge post-punk, whatever the fuck you want to call it, but people were into that edgy shit and they knew how to capture it. But then there was also that funky shit in there. Jed, what about you? You were a little younger than us. I had the, yeah, I had like a completely reverse experience because I was what I think I'm eight years younger than Kevin. I was just doing the math when he said 
college or whatever. But my, you know, like we, I will say before we do this, like this sort of is like the culmination of the beat, like the great Beastie Boys records, right? Because all, all th- the three of us did a Beastie Boys episode because we happened, all happened to pick a Beastie Boys album. A different and, one. Yeah, in, a, a different in, one than this. And then, and then Kevin lands on this one. So it's like, it's the perfect just, and I think it is the perfect sort of culmination of all of those albums because it yeah. really grasps everything. Right. Um, and, and then it adds a be, new twist, but it happens then it, to be the last, the last one I ever got because going, you know, getting into this, I was like, I guess, I mean, ill communication was that real like center stone for me. So I was sure. a little older. I was like 16. I think mm. that was a 96 album. When and then dropped. I went, yeah. When that, when that dropped, I'd maybe hit, like heard license to ill a little sure. bit of Paul's boutique and I mm. grabbed ill communication and it like, that's the one that made all the sense to me in the world. Mm-hmm. So then I listened great. to this and it was like, this is the one four years earlier in 92 mm. that literally took all this shit and mashed it up together. And you're like, you hear notes from every one of their early albums. And it's uh, and it, it collaborated all those things that like I had been kind of like pretty into punk And I was sort of experimenting with like just various things, you know, like I didn't have a lot of guidance. So I was just kind of feeling myself like feeling around for stuff that it was into. I mean, from the get go, Jimmy James just kind of sets the tone, right? Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. it's classic Beastie Boys. Um, You know, it gives you, you know, all like. It just, it starts from the get-go. It's got those samples. It's got the scratches. I mean, yep. they're trading verses. You got that extra drummer. I think the thing to acknowledge about this album is it's not just the three of them. They've got two collaborators, Mario C and money Mike. And so Mario C was a sound engineer and they had some repair they needed at their studio. And they hired this guy to come in and they said, Hey, he plays keyboards. And that ended up being Mark Nishida that's money, money, Mark is the guy, man. He's the guy to me, the initial, like when he plays the Hammond, it oh, immediately dude. lit something in my brain from the get go. Like I, that was the first time I'd kind of heard that in that context of that type of music. Sure. And it, 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 you know, like the first time you hear Jimi Hendrix guitar, you know, right. the first time you hear, iconic instruments like it just i don't know for whatever reason that sound it there's just, that tone that it right that, like they, they grab tone. with it, they grab that's, with it too that's you know? what it is that's it's, like jimmy page's fucking tone the first time i heard that i was like exactly what the fuck they capture tone on this album it's it's note perfect i just without I, question i just it's the thing that just so this for me the summer that i was from between freshman and sophomore year 
I basically, um, I, you know, I was working like retail jobs and stuff and just kind of driving around in my car, you know, with me with too. my buddies. Cause I was living at home and this was the album that was always on basically, yep. you know, and like Jimmy James as the, uh, as the intro song. Um, I don't know. You never skip that first track ever, you know, and, and that's it's got the, that's the thing about when we were that age and, and Jed, you could say it was a touch different for you, but I think it was similar. We used to drive oh, yeah, I think same experience, different shit, different times. Yeah. Work That's summer, right. work summer jobs for money for college. When we went back in the fall. As and a lifeguard. And there, that's a sweet gig. We, yeah. God, I, I, I just remember all summer. I wish I always look at the lifeguards now and be like, "What the fuck was I thinking? Not being a lifeguard? Exactly. These guys have it made. Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, so I worked at a car wash and then a car dealer washing cars. So I washed cars in the summertime, um, and it paid good. And, but I did the same thing: drove around with my buddies, smoked weed, and the, back in the day, you had a tape deck. You know, CD players were like a, a freaking. That was sweet if you had a CD player in your car at that age, um, mm-hmm. or they were starting to come in. But somebody had even a CD wallet, which you could carry a lot more. But somebody had five or six tapes, and they were fucking life-changing. And I can see this in somebody's tape deck and just letting it fucking roll. Yeah, you know, that was me. That was me. Toyota Corolla. Yeah, it was in the CD deck, a and it Corolla. never, it very rarely left, or it went inside with me. It came mm-hmm. inside. You know, like this is the one I would bring to parties, basically. Like throw this on, you know, eject it, and you don't you dare it fuck it up when you pull it out. Exactly. Like no, I'll take care of it. I'll walk it over and hit play. Right. <laughs> you know, and like. So yeah, that's Jimmy James. It ends with those killer funk beats. You know, I mean, it's just, they're right there. They sound so tasty. Dude. And then into funky boss, you talked about them trading, trading like back and forth with their, with their rhymes And that. I was listening to it today on headphones and I was like, God damn, they're laying it the fuck down. It is such a celebration of like old school like oh, rhymes. Yeah, like it's just awesome. so classic. This is the song that made me ask that question to my nephew. Like, have you ever fucking heard these guys? Because I hope you have. Right. Because there's a ton of stuff that you can dig into and just be like, holy crap. Holy crap. I mean, when I think of this album, I think of Funky Boss. Like that's the song that just pops into my head when I'm trying to index the album in this old ass head. Sure. In this old ass head with all these notes roaming around. They were 23 years old when they made this album, 22 or 23. And, you know, at that time, yeah, 22. I was 22 or 23. Yeah. 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 That's the deal. Yeah. Oh, wow. Wait a second. Let me do the math. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So basically, like, you know, at that age, we all had a funky ass boss, right? Hell and yeah. like, and like, I think about it now. I'm the funky bald ass boss. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> Literally. Funky bald ass boss. Literally. Yeah. It's um. <laughs> I don't know. It it's it's, it's a funny ass song though. Hell yeah, it is. 
Um, but that, this is a great song that like combines that whole license to ill kind of sure. vibe. Like, that, like some of the cheeky cheeky humor and, and like a little, little bit of, of sampling, not a whole lot. Yeah, just a little right. bit of goof, mm-hmm. you know, and throwing it in with some like really great beats that they were not necessarily had developed back then, which right. I think kind of what this album does for them. Gives well, them avenues everywhere. Yeah, ahead, and, and these two songs lead into arguably the great one of the greatest stretches of music in rock history in my Without opinion. Without question. <laughs> like talking I just, about trading rhymes. Like basically this whole like kind of suite of music, basically, starting with Pass the Mic. Uh this is you know, MCA's greatest verse, uh, to in my opinion, just to start that song. I don't know. It's it like it, if you're not turning that shit up to eleven, I don't know what you're doing. I noticed, and I, I don't know why I didn't notice this, but weren't they referring to him as Yauch? As they passed like the rhyme to him at points because last was, name, sure, yeah, right. Adam, 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 Adam Yauch, which I think is Yauch. fucking cool, Yauch, right? Which I think yeah. is cool as shit, and I never noticed that that that's mm-hmm. some it, like there's multiple um, references to he, it in this song, yeah, right, specifically, yeah. For it's sure. a great fucking tune, great fucking tune. Yeah, and uh, the thing I, I guess I figured out that kind of draws this um, to get, I, yeah, it's like MCA was the seeker, right? He was the kind of the adult in the room with these guys. Right. He's the he one to the one A. Right? He was the seeker. Um, they, they call me the You know, seeker. either of those other two guys die, maybe they're still a Beastie Boys, I don't know, uh, something. Maybe. But with him, no. Um, with him going. And you can see and hear lyrically his maturation, his kind of the difference he makes. And this was, I don't know, on some level, the first song to me that kind of, it started to resonate like that for him. And his references were... Th- Dude, he's got mm-hmm. some of the best, like, and I got more hits than Rod Carew. <laughs> I mean, dude, that is fucking brilliant. It's, it, the song's just, it's an iconic Beastie Boys song, in my opinion. It probably is my all-time favorite. I know everybody's got their own. This one's mine. Um, and it's, like I said, the beginning of this kind of suite of music. Um, right. Yeah, I don't know. You guys got any thoughts on past the mic? Uh, it's balls. I mean, I as well. It's got just got a giant hit type sound to it. Like, you know, like uh, it's a serious recording for sure, in my opinion. Right. Um, it's got a bad brain sample throughout it, which is that. Oh, no shit. Is that yeah. bad brains too? Yeah, it's bad brains. And uh, I have the album. Did it's, they write Kick Out the Jams? Am I correct in saying that? MC5 did. MC5 oh, in the MC 60s. Did. Yeah. But did, did, Bad Brains not do that song as well? I really could not tell you to tell you the truth. It sounds like something they would do, tell you the truth. It seems like it, right? Yeah, right on. So what else we got here? 
And uh, I think one of the most underrated Beastie Boys tunes, Gratitude. It's philosophical, you know, it, it's, this is one of those songs like it is philosophical that even at that age, I listened to it. I listened to MCA, you know, I listened to totally. this driving, sitting in the car by myself in traffic, just listening to it and kind of understanding like and he knows what appreciating he's that wisdom. Right. Right. Yeah. Like that song, it, it definitely got me through as kind of a soundtrack on some level. Got it. That makes it sense. Was, it, it was a, it was kind of a, a, a field guide almost. I'd say that. Yeah. That's a, that's a really good way to that say makes it. Sense. Yeah. This is definitely one I would sit and wait till like it finished on the tape. Absolutely. Before I close this, turn the car off. Absolutely. God, is that pissed that Jennifer guy, yeah. Autumn off? You're like, I'll be there soon. Right. <laughs> I'm finish this. It's almost over. These are short songs. <laughs> so moving on, what, Kev, Lighten um, Up? Lighten Up, yeah. Lighten Up's one of those, like, hey, it doesn't really sound like them as much. Um, but sure. it's 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 cool. It's got that kind of MMW thing going on. It's got a right? really weird noise in the background, which sounds like someone playing with a straw inside a McDonald's drink or something like that. <laughs> oh, that's fucking great. That's a good description. Probably what it is. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like they mic that somehow or something. Sure. And then they like somehow changed the pitch or something where they could or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. It's so that's that's another thing about this record I noticed too, listening on headphones. And folks, if you don't listen to music on headphones, freaking do it. It changes the way you hear the music. It honestly oh, does. Yeah. And I think all three of these guys will agree. Um, but there's a little bit, they get jazzy. They get, they're definitely funky. I mean, they just, I don't, it, it's got a different feel than any hip hop album I've listened to before and after. Um, but the, the way they chameleon themselves to kind of like, they like this, they're going to like this, you know, like they kept themselves relevant by writing shit like this, you know, through a time Mm -hmm. when nobody that started when they started really kept themselves as relevant as the Beastie Boys did, you know, they captured that, those, those audience. The interesting thing, cause I actually rewatched the uh the documentary i haven't seen it yet like an oh asshole. it's oh my god it's so brilliant and you they have really no excuse not to watch it with the apple tv f- plus free trial shit like oh just, yes everyone yeah, should be doing that binge watch it yeah it's amazing so i re-watched this part of it specifically okay and so what happened was they had been they were busted down broke Basically. Fucked by Rick Rubin, correct? Um, Early, long after this. Um, oh, the, after this, he fucked. Uh, yeah, when um, they spent a shit ton of money uh, making Paul's Boutique. 
and they thought it was right. going to slam and it fell flat. Nobody and it gave, should have. Nobody right? gave a shit about Paul's boutique, right? What? At least for 20 years. That's <laughs> I gave a shit about Paul's boutique. It was a commercial sales. It was a commercial story. And flop. it wasn't even that good of a critical uh, thing until no, later. Like I, you were in the minority, Andrew. Seriously, as an early adopter. No doubt. Um, they so basically what happened um was they got the bill for their recording session because they had um, <laughs> they didn't hit their yeah. like minimum. No, they recorded a like they did a bunch of shit in the Hollywood Hills and they spent a ton of money and of it course didn't really they do did. very good. So check your head was basically they ended up getting they had money from um you know the recording contract and instead of you know doing that again they built their own studio. And then they just sat in there for a year and jammed with the, the dudes, um, Mario and Mark Nishida. And they basically, they couldn't write lyrics. They didn't know what, they didn't know what their voice needed to sound like. And their friend died. Um, the guy that was in their original punk band, um, okay. not the female drummer, the lady right. drummer, but mm -hmm. uh, the guy, uh, I forgot his name, um, but uh, Chip or Chris or Paul or I've something. I've seen him mentioned before too. He died. Uh, David, that's what it was. It was David. David was his name. He died basically. And they were back in New York with their friends and stuff. And then they came back inspired and like finished the album and wrote all these songs at that point in time. And so they kind of got their act together. Um, so his death lit a fire under their ass and they they got out of their writer's block or they figured out where they needed. It's often, often the, the case. Sure. Big time. And so when you think about this kind of the sweetest songs like lighten up, you know, that that kicks into finger looking good, which is classic ass Beastie Boys. Right. I mean, they sampled Bob Dylan for that is the that, that is that just is a glorious ass. moment in that album. That did, I hadn't listened to this awesome. in a long time, and I texted Kevin immediately when I was like, "Oh my god, the Dylan drop!" I couldn't like I did completely forgot. It's, it's so timing. clean, so absolute clean. perfect timing. It's absolute perfect timing, and it's just yeah, it feels like old school hip hop. It's it's what they do. It's perfect. Perfect Beastie Boys right there, right? And so we're still in this mix of songs because what comes after it, so what you want. So what you want. And I right? want to say, I want to mention something about this tune. And like I said earlier. You already did. Right. <laughs> my, my brother, Jeff, told me like this was, this was what made them re-click in his head. <laughs> and he had just watched that documentary, Beastie Boys documentary. He's like, have you seen it yet? And I was like, no and he goes what the fuck watch it it's amazing um but the in kevin you nailed it earlier this is the point i wanted to make that hammond is so obviously it's up in there but that's what that's like the i feel like that was the textbook beasties sound like they did that or they made it sound that fucking cool 
or whoever played the Hammond B3 made it. Mark Nishida. Yeah. Money Mark. Yeah, so that Hammond, I mean, is right? That's the stuff that makes it feel like MMW, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This video is huge, if I remember correctly. Oh, yeah, like, I forgot was, about that. The cops, right? That's the one? Right. Or is that With, They were like Starsky and Hutch. No, Maybe that was, no that's, that's sabotage. sabotage. Yeah, you're okay. right. The cops right. is sabotage. Okay. So what you want, yeah. So, yeah, any, yeah I mean, it was a Paramount song on the album. Uh, no Without doubt about question. it. Right on, right on. So... Why don't we take a break here on the Music Challenge podcast? And uh, when we come back, we will tackle the rest of Check Your Head and uh, lots of good music still left coming up. So uh, take it easy. We'll see you in a couple minutes. Bye. See you guys. This is Andrew, one of the hosts from the Music Challenge Podcast, and I want to tell you how you can help us bring you more awesome music commentary episodes. You can subscribe in the listening app of your choice, or you can share this episode with someone you think might dig it. Please leave a rating and review for us on the listening app of your choice, or you can get in touch with us at musicchallengepod at gmail.com. Check us out on Facebook. Just search Music Challenge Pod and like us to follow us. We hope you enjoy the Music Challenge Podcast and thanks for listening. The Beat Seabird. They come and home. They come and home. Oh, they come and home. They are, they come and home. They come and home. Welcome back to the Music Challenge Podcast. You just listened to Biz versus the Nudes, Nude, featuring the dulcet tones of Biz Marquee. And uh, this is about all you need to hear about that song. Kevin, where else, Where are we at here in this album? So we, uh, after Biz versus Nudes, we get into the punk version of them, kind of the OG style original, Time for Living. I mean, this is just song is just fire. Um, it's another one of those crank it at the top. Right, like why wouldn't you? I feel like it's the it's the kind of thing that like kids are listening to now, like a bunch of people copying and are like, mm-hmm. "Holy shit, these well, guys it's pretty are a true miracle!" Punk. Oh, it is, but it's like an, you know, yeah. it's kids not these days punk. aren't listening What's to. Your, no, I just I think that they like think that what they're hearing is like a new thing, and they haven't done the work to like go back. But yeah, a hundred percent, this is like solid, solid punk roots. True. And like, what's your what's your your phrase? Three chords and a what? Three chords and the truth. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's my that's what I call punk. But as you'll find out later in the season, I'm very in, in beholden to punk. 
So, in any case, yeah, well, good times to be had. And, it, and Kev, you mentioned their their original band was truly a punk band. And this kind of, you just mentioned it earlier, and this kind of obviously harkens back to that. Yeah, it was uh, this kind of their OG style is what they used to sound like. And I think they made this song as a direct kind of nod to that. And it's right. what makes the next song something's got to give so cool because it's the exact opposite of that, <laughs> right? The opposite. It's yeah. like this kind of Vishnu psychedelic feeling like <laughs> for me, right? this is one of the best tracks on the album. I love this song more than anything. Psychedelic. Absolutely. Right. Right. Like the funk is so deep. over it are pretty classic Mike D in any case in other words they're kind of humorous in their own right and but, well, uh, as fuck yeah and I mean you know it's it, it's got that funny little cute little uh, you know uh, Peter Seychelles uh, interlude little daily um, the called Blue Nun um, and then it goes into I think probably um, what I considered to be kind of the sleeper um almost underrated track on this thing too um god i love this song i don't know it's so so good um oh yeah it's fucking heavy stand together right like i mean what else like i'm not sure going off in this song anything sounds like this i don't know i'm not sure i'd up to this point even afterward ever heard anything that kind of sounds like this when I made my like mini little cliff notes, when I'm just like listening through and I have a pad and I just write like the first things I think about, I wrote funky laughs into like, like a blast off into the future, you know, like they, they play stuff that is so current and they've, they've played it for so very long. This is a 30 year old album, right? 30 year old album. And they're playing shit that like, I feel like they, someone's pulling hooks off of this album and putting on and like turning into something, you know, trying to turn into something new and it's wild. That's your, that's the thing. And we say this, I don't want to overuse this phrase, but it's, it, this is truly the, the definition of it. This fucker holds up like hardcore. Yes. I, yeah. mean, I mean, there's no reason that this wouldn't ring in the ears of, like you said, Jed, a 20 year old, 21 year old kid, like bullshit. Listen to this. You are the coolest motherfucker, you know, you know what I'm Pretty saying? Timeless. Like, right. Yeah. And then, I mean, what's so cool about this is like the, the fact that they're willing to do songs without 
lyrics too and just play instrumentals and songs sure. like pow the next tune right like it's got that kind of jam band guitar lick thing that was just prevalent in the early 90s you know that you know there's kind of playing back and forth but it's um it sounds like it 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 sound it's got that 90s kind of feel to it i don't know sure. um but it sounds it it sounds so much like them and then you know from there it goes into the maestro which i fucking love by the way right on it's yeah it, the there's so many cool samples um in that song and it really is it really is cool i mean they go down they throw down on this song i mean they really put some hoops behind uh those rhymes i mean they really throw down that's i mean i said i liked it i guess i had to say why i liked it you know so yeah am i right in saying that they picked up instruments was this the record that they heavily picked up instruments themselves so i recall this and i want to say it before i forget it but on the cd sleeve you know the booklet you get inside your cd which now i miss that um because I knew those things like the back of my hand. Um, they had a little spot in the bottom that said, if you have any like old audio equipment, whatever it is, you know, instruments, amps, whatever. I, I don't know if it was contact this number or something like that, but I'm there's a reach out line yes. for before shit. <laughs> before people like collected or before it went through the roof or reverb. <laughs> right. Um, they cool. were like these fucking, this old equipment sounds amazing. So anyways, I just wanted to say that. And I swear this was the record it was on. Awesome. Outstanding. That's really Outstanding. Cool. Yeah. I mean, the maestro, what a classic tune. I mean, you know, and then to me, it goes into this song that I think the moment I heard it, this is the song that I think kind of opened up the portal for me in terms of them sounding like MMW in that, like that kind of Hammond feel. Um, It just sounds perfect. Like this song is so cool. I don't know how else to describe it. It's got those MMW vibes. I don't know. What about you, Jed? You were kind of nodding your head. Oh yeah. Like I just like from there's a moment in this album that just sort of like you enter a Zen feel or I do like, and then suddenly it's gone. Like the entire album's over again and it's listening to it again. Like it flows. it, It starts where you were talking about back where at uh pass the mic pass the mic and like it literally just sort of flows through and like you can just disappear in it and it is uh it's a very it's a fascinating experience like listening back to it because i never gave it this like i mean i've listened to it a bunch but like think you know now re-listening to this i have amassed a lot more musical knowledge and like you know ear for different things and you pull so many people out of it like 
You can listen to any one of these songs, including Pow and Stand Together and Maestro and Groove Holmes, like those four. And I can mm-hmm. think of like 45 different musicians that are like totally ring the ringing in my brain in some way or another. And a lot of those are like, you know, there's a lot of EDM that I think picked up on a lot of vibes that the, the Beastie Boys were doing. And uh, that probably started in that like a whole drum and bass thing, which they were really just like, there's this low key rhythm rhythm to a lot of the stuff that really comes through in a lot of music well, that I've listened to like from 96 on because I well, discovered them in 96. And as a um, avowed, as avowed jam band appreciators slash fans Ooh. among the four of us, um, they themselves, the Beastie Boys themselves said when they picked up their instruments to make this album, they want to sound like the meters. Wow. So, which is pretty much it makes all the sense in the world, right? Like I didn't know that. I actually never heard that. And that, that of course, that's what they said. Exactly. And I think they did a really great job. I mean, I know the meters back to front and it's like, you can totally hear it in there. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing is like, you know, these songs live at PJs. I mean, the ones at the back that a lot of people don't even really make it to, if you think about mm-hmm. it, like, right. Like live Professor at PJs, Booty. you know, Professor Booty's a funny song. And then in threes is another one of those, like, I don't know, just kind of jams that like, there's like, there's a part in there that it just, there's two separate parts in there. I think that, like in threes is one of those songs that when you're listening to it at the end, you're kind of like you mentioned, Jed, you're in the middle of that trance. This is another one of those big ass jams in the middle of that trance. Yeah. You're just vibing it at this point. You're just fully like vibed on the like second half of this album. Or at least I I am. My personal opinion, this is one of the better instrumentals in my opinion. It is Mm -hmm. really heavy on the wah pedal. And uh, I, I think that, I mean, Hats off to Mike D on drums, by the way. This portion of the album kind of melts away. And like you said, and then it's over, but it, it's, it's like, you forget, you're like, shit, how many songs did I just listen to? Like when yeah, I noticed, because they're you know all like saying? one to four minutes long, like right. nothing is long in like our universe of music. Correct. And yeah, so, yeah, true. it just drips into one, like one after the other. It's just like a slowly dripping faucet, you know, and and money I, marks I love finger- that. Yeah. Money Mark's fingerprints are just all over this, you know, I mean, Oh, totally elevates their sound and and uh, adds such a depth of dimension to uh, uh, what they're doing. Exactly. Exactly. It's the yeah, like what you said. I mean, what he does to their sound um, to give them the ability to to just be a full band with that with that extra um, with that extra Hammond sound is amazing. And they really, I mean, they make the most of it in a lot of this, especially the instrumentals. I really, really think the instrumentals are, are blown away by him. 
feel like feel like that was almost their fingerprint or one of their fingerprints in hip hop was that freaking funky ass payment sound. Mm. Yeah, I just I I drove so many miles around the streets of the Chicago area listening to this album. Um, it just imprinted so long into my brain. And you know, when you get to that final end, uh, Namaste, that's you know more of that like MCA growth, right? Where he's mm-hmm. he's seeking and trying to become a Buddhist, and I don't know. Um, it it's funny because there's a point in time I think toward the end of this song where they sound like the doors a little bit. And it seems like it's been so long since he shined. But I'm sure it was only yesterday. never thought about that i can call i can see it though yeah I yeah to think about little, it more yeah it's a think little meditative it's um yeah. i don't know I'm not necessarily in a cheesy way but you know kind of a uh a way similar to the maybe the way jim morrison spoke while uh while the band was playing mm-hmm. behind him kind of an interesting little uh way to end it but yeah i just thought this is such a cool album to talk about and i think it's it really is fitting that this was kind of the one maybe um missing piece of the puzzle in those four great classic beastie boys albums that they made without question. Yeah. Yeah. It was all about, it was all about the timing for everyone. You know, you like, you land on the thing you land on Big and time. then, and then it, it opens all the doors, which well, is and really make fun no mistake awesome. about it. This and ill communication. Um, I think they themselves said it were kind of like one long piece to the sure. point where yeah they put out, that album in sound from the way out with the instrumentals of both of those albums on it, which are just perfect. Like the, those three albums, that, that album is kind of per- perfection for me. Yeah. I love that. Instrumentals. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if you haven't heard the in sound from way out, it's basically the instrumentals off of this album and ill communication. And so if you just want some instrumental beastie boys, it's, perfect. it's great. Like rainy day, cleaning the house music. Like sure. Totally. Stuff when, you, when you would listen to some jazz, but you want something a little bit more vibey, like sure. maybe some I might get a lucky. More, right. You know, if, I, if I play balls, my cards, right. right? Like right. at some point. <laughs> or even just stuff could happen. Yeah. Like <laughs> just music played by like regular musicians. They don't have to be virtuosos, but right. they can still find a groove. And that's the thing about what they're able to do. I mean, Absolutely. they're just, they're musicians at heart. And that's the cool thing. This album to me kind of took the, 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 like the idea of silos off things. If these guys can do it, anyone can is sure. kind of that spirit. And I don't know. Um, classic holds up. Still listen to it. It's a it's a freaking ballsy move, you know, to do that. And almost, you know, you're reinventing yourself. But I'm down with the exact same statement. Timeless, um, amazing, um, in in like eclectic, and the fucking shit they're laying down vocally is just deep and awesome. One hundred percent agree. Yeah. Andrew, take it away. 
<laughs> it was one of those things that sat in your CD tray uh, of your yeah, six If you had a six-disc changer, yeah. <laughs> this one never left, right? Never You're left. Right. Mm-hmm. Never left. It was always on top of my CD player or whatever. Sure. You know, Put on disc one. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right, right. So... Well, I think that might wrap it up for the Music Challenge podcast this week. I hope you enjoyed our presentation of Check Your Head by the Beastie Boys, which hopefully you knew that's what we were talking about by now. And uh, well, and if you I, didn't, welcome. Yeah, welcome. <laughs> Rewind. Anyway, and, five and stars. Re- You're still listening. I guess you liked it, hopefully. <laughs> the special K must have been great. <laughs> yeah, no shit. right Oh. Uh, all right, so let's take it out of here and uh, uh, thanks, y'all. Have a good night, folks. Thanks, See you man. next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye.